Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. The awkward moments. I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. It's not a space shuttle launch, it's sex. The infatuation. I love you. <laughs> okay. The desperation. What exactly does it feel like? Warm apple pie. The fascination. Huh? We'll just tell your mother that, uh, that, uh, we ate it all. You know, guys, maybe I'm just not good with girls, period. All that you gotta do is just ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and stuff. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. Here's to the next step. Universal Pictures presents... Perhaps you could help me with my studies? If you ever had a chance with Nadia, this is it. A story about the moves. You bad boy! The madness. What you drinking? Scotch. Single malt? Aged 18 years. The way I like it. And the moments in our lives. Please, God, let this be it. If you want to hook up with her, tell her you love her. That's how I was duped. That are as American as apple pie. Boy, it's been a long time since we've had the little father-son chat. Oh, I, I almost forgot. I bought some magazines. Well, this is the, this is the uh, female form. Look at the expression on her face. She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, Hey, big boy. Oh, my God. Whoa. American Pie. You know, I forgot you've been there and well, there. I've you know, learned about you know, it. I'm just trying to make no, this. I really don't need to see Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Denison. Okay. That, that um, could have been a clue, I guess, I used just by putting the, the title of the film in there last week. <laughs> It would have been a bad. I I was struck by the end of this movie in the credits that they had to give credit to uh, to Don McLean uh, hmm. for the song, which is funny because I don't think you hear the song in the movie, do you? Uh, I don't think so. No, yeah. I think they keep it to the uh, you know whatever the pop rock was of the time. So like, does Don McLean get like a nickel every time you buy an apple pie? Like I don't like like how does that work? Did he coin the phrase American Pie? That's a good question. I, I don't know. What was the, wasn't, wasn't there like a, 
uh, like almost a century long like um, hoodwinking of people having to pay royalties for like happy birthday or something. Well, yeah, that, that only recently changed when the yeah. copyright expired. Well, I, I mean, I, I just assume then if that's, <laughs> you know, if, if, if someone was getting paid for happy birthday, then sure. Give uh, Mr. McLean uh, something for this teenage sex comedy. Why not? I guess so. So, uh, <laughs> trying so, to get in his did, pockets, Ben. <laughs> so, 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 well, well, so just like, just like, um, Summer of Sam, uh, I also saw this movie in theaters and, okay. and I guess I had a, a parent with me. Um, you know, and I remember quite liking it and enjoying it, uh, at that time. And, and, you know, if you had asked me since then, uh, you know, and I, th- and I, and, and, and I do think I remember, you know, seeing it with friends at home many times after that, it was a pretty, you know, this is a pretty big, like, this is one people would request for you to turn on, hmm. uh, you know, like, like if you had friends at your house or whatever, this is one that would, well, yeah. You know, all of these films, uh, and particularly this one, um, you know, coming out right when a DVD was becoming mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, I imagine, you know, I, I heard on uh, sort of numerous occasions, you know, people citing The Matrix as like the first DVD that they purchased when they got a DVD player. Uh, so I could see American Pie being something that was, you know, laying about uh, for, for teenagers or, you know, college age kids to just throw on as background material or just. That was a, a sort of a pleasant uh, entry. I don't know if you can say the same for the the sequels. Um, I'm like you. I, I saw this with uh, friends. Um, I, I don't think we had adult supervision for <laughs> American Pie, uh, and I've I've seen this one a, a number of times. Um, I don't remember the sequels having uh, earned that degree of fondness, though. Uh, and it may maybe it's just a case of the target audience aging out. Uh, you know, I know they try to age up the characters as they go through the, you know, to a wedding, to a reunion, but I don't think it ever quite uh, hit again like it did with that first one. You know, American Pie 2, and this is kind of a bit of sad, sadness, um, you know, for, for you here, for, you know, for my life. Uh, <laughs> it'll always hold a weird place in my heart in that I think it's the only movie that me and my brother went to go see on our own, just me and him. Oh, wow. And it would have been because it was rated R and I would have been, you know, just below the, I would have been like 16 or 17 or whatever. So just below the 18, you know, cutoff point. And he would have been my garden guardian. Uh, And I think that's the only time him and I ever saw a movie together uh, by ourselves without, without other family. That's really weird. Well, isn't I it? mean, you you, you pick the best that the uh, the medium yeah, has know. to offer, sir. I know. Basically, like one of the it, I remember it being one of the worst sequels uh, mm. of all. I like I think there is a lot of good stuff in American Pie, a lot of sweetness, and I remember American Pie two being a total rehash and just being nothing but the the raunchy sex well, jokes they, without they the leaned into in Stifler, yeah, right with mm-hmm. the sequels, yeah, they. Uh, Look, and I, I have to admit that uh, you know I, I do think Stifler is the most honest character <laughs> in this in this even in the the original, uh, but he's there with the appropriate amount of uh, you know doses. You can't. I don't think you can build an entire you know plot line that that revolves around this this strange pact, right? The, <laughs> the premise is these four virgins, these teenagers, uh, they want to get laid before they go off to college. Cause they, they're, 
you know, it's not just that they're, they're horny and they're, you know, they're teenagers. It's that they're operating almost out of fear, I would guess, you know, so in, in particular the Jason Biggs character, but I also think the Thomas in Nicholas character is sort of the ringleader of this pact. Uh, you know, he's, he's coming at it that he, he's scared, uh, cause his, his viewpoint is he strangely doesn't want to have sex. He wants to have sex alone. This is not a summer of Sam <laughs> disco orgy scene, but he doesn't want to, uh, take that leap without knowing that his buddies will also have done it. So I guess he can share notes. I, I don't really know. Um, that's, that's why I'm coming out early in defense of Stifler is being, uh, I think far more accurate of the teenage male mm-hmm. psyche at that time, at least the guys I went to that, you know, he was, cause it, one thing I'd forgotten and I'll, I'll let you talk over this one. One thing I'd forgotten. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> cause I feel like I'm, I'm derailing us already with the emphasis on Stifler after I sort of lamented that the sequels went that direction. Uh, I had forgotten uh, in my old age that he is played uh, just as pathetic as our main characters. It's not like he's, you know, the cool guy, where where everything is just happening for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, you know that that cool guy here that sort of puts this central premise in motion is this poor ginger fellow that is like considered one of the like the biggest dorks in school. And so that that's the impetus to get them off their ass and get laid. But I had forgotten that, and I kind of appreciate that the film knows that Stifler is also a joke. He's not just someone to look up to. He's also someone to point and be laughed at. So I now give you the floor to hate on me for my appreciation of Stifler. No, no, I'm not going to hate on you. Um, you know, I appreciate your appreciation of Stifler. Um, <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> so this is like, this is like a sad moment for me. Another sad moment. Um, hmm. So if you had asked me like a week ago, uh, I would have told you that American Pie was, you know, an iconic comedy uh, very much of its time that still holds up today. And then watching it, you know, just as the other night, uh, you know, I'm forced to admit that I, I guess I'm wrong about my own memories. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would, uh, revisiting it. And I think, you know, I do find Jason Biggs's character to be, let's just go through this character by character. Because okay. like weirdly enough, there's like this is just like ten things I hate about you, where it's so easy to put out the logline of this movie that these four friends make a pact to mm-hmm. lose their virginity, but it's much harder to discuss it because each one of them goes each one of them goes about doing it in a very different way, and to the point where you you know I'm I'm remarkably less interested in in uh, and more critical of uh some of these characters over others okay so let's go through character by character so we got jason biggs as jim levenstein here and he is you know he's in this pact but he is awkward and doesn't really know how to get a girl you know over to his room uh or or to date one or anything like that and uh he has all these really great conversations with uh the aforementioned eugene levy who uh, that is one element of the film that I still love today. I think Eugene Levy is hysterical in this movie. I think, you know, they should have paid him more because quite frankly, like he probably, he probably made this movie about 75 million, I would say. So take some uh, of the, uh, <laughs> the, the payment that you had to give uh, for the title and you say, put that in Mr. Levy's pocket. They should, they should. Okay. Uh, I love this running joke of him 
just be just being so surprised that that his son is is exactly where you would expect him to be. Like, ah, oh, Jim, you're here, you're here in your room. Huh? How surprising! <laughs> uh, it's hysterical. Uh, you know, I love that. And boy, the, yeah, I could have watched even more scenes with with Eugene Levy here. Oh, Jim, Dad. Hi, I was just uh, looking at the old family's portrait out here. Well, that was a fun day, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Jim, I want to talk about masturbation. Now, I just want you to know that it's a, it's a perfectly normal uh, thing. And I have to admit, uh, you know, I uh, did a fair bit of masturbating when I was a little younger. I, uh, I used to call it the stroking the salami. Yeah, you know, pounding the old pud. I never did it with baked goods. Uh, but you know your Uncle Mort? He pets the one-eyed snake five, six times a day. It's, it's like um, practice for the big game, you see? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, it's like uh, banging a tennis ball against a brick wall, which can be fun. It can be fun, but it's not a game. Right. It's not a game. No. What you want is you want a partner to return the ball. Do you want a partner? Yeah, 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 I, I want a partner. You do want a oh, partner. Oh, I, I, want, I want a partner. You want, want a partner, a partner. of Good. course. Yeah. Good. Which I just want to point out, he he is like the teenage, I guess you know, male fantasy of a father figure at mm-hmm. this at this particular moment in your life that is <laughs> totally supportive. And I mean, yes, he he you know maybe drags on the uh, the painful moments a little bit more, but to me, he he does it in that pleasant way where he 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 makes he normalizes it and he makes it seem like just this like even as he's catching his son uh having sex with a pie in the kitchen <laughs> like he's almost like talking to you in the moment as if this is a story 20 years from now we're gonna laugh about like he's like telling retelling this the the tale of you having you know sex with the pie and he's just like well we'll just tell your mom we ate it all it's fine done and done we got that handled and i think that that's you know you sort of open this by saying that the film is um you know it's it's strangely earnest and seems to care at least about its lead characters. Um, and I, I think that that's, that probably contributes to the, the writing of the father character is that he is <laughs> so understanding of mm-hmm. Jim's shenanigans here. And, and, you know, so you brought up the film central visual, which, you know, of course is, you know, the most talked about, this was the, you know, that, that, you know, that, that scene was the, the scene that people talked about all summer. And, you know, I don't think it works very well today. Uh, I think it, it works better in, in a theater. I think uh, this shock value of him humping the pie is, uh, you know, plays kind of stupidly today and just makes you think, yeah, is this character like stupid? Like, what was he going to do with the pie after? How was he going to make a whole nother uh, pie? Uh, you know, I guess these are the wrong things to be thinking about. <laughs> but I don't know. I would say, I would say, but even more problematic, even more problematic is this whole, so you and I, you and I, we've, we've had a lot of fun, uh, poking fun at politically <laughs> correct, the politically correct nature of our times, uh, right. and everything. Yes. And even so I have to admit this 10 minute stretch in this movie where Jason Biggs, character plots to film, a foreign exchange student uh, in his uh, bedroom while she's uh, undressing 
you know, is it supposed to make it better that he's only sending it to his, he's only intends to send it to his close friends? No. Um, no. Even if it was just for himself, <laughs> it doesn't make it, doesn't make it better. No. Like, like, you know, it's not that, it's not that hard to really, you know, uh, get it, get the point across that. Yeah. You shouldn't film girls when they're, you know, without them knowing, uh, knowing you shouldn't film anyone without them knowing it. Uh, you know, and so it's, and, and, and in a summer movie season when people were, where movie studios were so concerned about the influence that, you know, movies have on, on teenagers, like I, I had to, I, I had, I was forced to, you know, uh, realize that this movie taught me some good lessons and, and, you know, taught me some bad lessons. Uh, not that I, you know, was ever guilty of anything that, uh, Jason Biggs, uh, does here, but I, you know, I didn't think, uh, anything about it when I saw this and I guess maybe it's because of the infancy of the internet that the, yes. the, the lines weren't exactly drawn just yet. Uh, but boy, that scene drags on and on. Uh, and yeah, I don't find, I don't, I don't find much identifiable about it. I find a lot of the, the rest of this movie very identifiable, but that stretch is like, I'm totally outside of. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that's a good point because I, I, we didn't have an understanding then of the, permanent nature of the internet right like it was something Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was like a cruder version of uh you know either your newspaper uh or television right like they were still like a you had to be there type (laughs) type feeling to it and that's the way they play this sequence where it's like everyone gathers around like they're, they're watching the moon landing uh the other thing is i think and it's not really fair but i i think having shan elizabeth um, play the part and the character that is being spied on is a foreign exchange student. They, they frame her as in my eyes, far more adult than any of the other characters. Like I can't imagine. Well, first off, I can't imagine the film. <laughs> let's say, uh, Alyssa Hannigan played that poor Michelle as the one being mm-hmm. spied on. That, I mean that, you know, it doesn't work. Even, I don't even think it works in 1999. I think people think like, why are you doing that to that poor girl? And there, there, there was some sort of disconnect with the, <laughs> you know, the Nadia character. And I don't know if it's because, uh, I think Shan Elizabeth was a model or she was like, she was in Playboy, like sometime around the, the time of this film's release. But there was a definite like, oh, that's a, that's a woman that is naked and we're fine with her like being it, naked. It's because she's beautiful though. It's because she's really beautiful. Well, and there's this, I, I think so. I think, and I think there's this essence let's of. Let's knock the other characters here. No, well, you know. okay. But I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that, mean, but I mean, then. I mean what they basically there, there's like, there, there's this weird undercurrent of, oh, well, she's really beautiful. She can't possibly mind being filmed like this. And then, you know, what's even worse is that it would be one thing if these characters do, did this and it was stupid and they faced consequences for it. Like we saw in, in election, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's, that's not the case. Uh, no. the ends ending, up getting Jim yeah, the ending rewards. <laughs> well, no, not really, but the <laughs> ending gets, uh, the ending, uh, you know, J- Jason Biggs, character gets rewarded. We're shown he, him and Nadia are still talking to each other, which yeah, don't think that would happen. Um, Sir, I think you're, you're in the weeds on your American pie. Um, you know, the, the events here, the mythology, uh, poor, <laughs> the poor band girl, you know, sees this, uh, this footage and says, you know, I knew you were a sure thing. So that's, that's, he, he is directly rewarded for, for his okay, actions. Okay. I guess you're right. I guess you're by right. another woman, which adds to the creep. Factor. 
Well, okay. Okay. So I want to say something nice about the film. I think that reversal with Alison Hannigan still works. Uh, and that is identifiable. And I, I, uh, what little I do remember of high school, uh, the band people, uh, once you got them away from band were very strange. Uh, and yes, uh, yes. Okay. You, that you, seems to be universal. You, yeah. You've, you've experienced the same thing. So we don't need yes. to, we don't need to say it explicitly. Um, so. All right. So moving on to the, sure. uh, you know, the, the second character you want to, uh, you know, deliberate here. The, uh, the ethics, the, the character that I like the best here, uh, is Chris Klein. And I forget who plays, uh, is Amina Sivari in his section of yes. the movie? Yeah. We'll, we'll see again on this podcast. We will, we will playing a very different character. She's playing a, a very reserved, uh, Glee cub, uh, girl here who, uh, you know, wants, you know, wants the man who she's going to ultimately, uh, sleep with to be someone she loves and someone who really respects her and everything. And I forgot how sweet the Chris Klein segment of this movie is. And this is ironically like a big year for him because we talked about it with Election. Election is basically his first major role. And then he has this and he's basically cemented in the eyes of the public as playing this character, as playing a jock. And that is sort of unfortunately negatively affected his career. I'm not going to make a claim that he's like, you know, the Daniel day Lewis of our generation or that he has some massive amount That's good. of range. <laughs> but I will say that, you know, there was a movie in 2014 called authors anonymous that I found really enjoyable. And it's about him as being in an amateur writer's group. And the crit for the critics, that was just too much. They just couldn't accept Chris Klein as an amateur writer, as someone who would have a thought in his head. And I think that's unfair. And I think in both this movie and an election, Chris Klein showed he had a lot of, he had a lot to give. And it's unfortunate that people like to typecast like that. So you, you go. He now. needs his, um, he needs his, uh, the descendants moment. Like you got with Matthew Lillard, right? Uh -huh. Like where it felt like, Oh wow! There's there's the scream guy as an adult, like just playing like a a real human being, like you know, just no antics, nothing zany. Um, that's what Chris Klein, uh, you know, just a small part like that, maybe. Um, I, you know, I, I'm a lot, you know, to go back to Stifler. Uh, I you know, I I like that he's judged for in a way, you know, he is the one that is bending over backwards to become something else in a relatively short amount of time, right? Because this is the last you know, it feels like the last couple months of high school for them. And so this guy who, as you stated, um, even his character is really trying to break off the shackles of mm -hmm. just being perceived as the jock. Uh, and it, it does seem to, to bother him, or at least that's what he says. Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I love <laughs> Stifler's reaction to where they're, you know, high school sequence where the jocks are showering after a practice and he comes in singing and he's just like <laughs> appalled. <laughs> Not only that, like, I don't know. My read of it is that, you know, Stifler probably would, you know, find himself singing like in the shower if he knew he was totally alone. But the appalling thing is to do it in front of other men. Like you've, you've crossed some sort of line, uh, this appearance the, that we've got to maintain of being cool and uh, he just, you know, he doesn't know what's happening to his world to to see see that happening to what he thinks is, I guess, an ally. Like he kind of, it's Stifler's kind of weird in that he looks at the other the other three guys. One of them he, uh, you know, outright hates, and that, you know, that's that's probably my least favorite part of the film. 
um, is the, I forget the actor's name, the, the one that ends up sleeping with Stifler's mom. Um, uh, Eddie K. Thomas. Eddie K. Thomas. Yeah. yeah it's Finch. Uh, Finch, you know, I, like, I, I think just he, yeah, he, he's just so two dimensional as like, I guess mm-hmm. the, like the weird guy <laughs> in the group that like when they, they feel like a scene is maybe getting a little too, uh, Ernest, they they have him say something, and the other guys like kind of smirk at like how weird he is. Um, and then you have a sequence, you know, that I'm sure you all you were all over because you're a huge huge fan of uh, Austin Powers, where you've got a, a, an extended sequence of toilet humor. <laughs> uh-huh. that I just you know, I just was like, okay, this you know, this bit, this is you know, I I I don't find it, I don't I don't remember finding it amusing then. Um, but he he is the one that's most far removed, I think, from the high school experience, even in his victory, because he's the one that sleeps with Stifler's mom. So it's the most ridiculous thing that happens. It is, uh, it is, but, it is awfully strange how, how Hollywood portrays, uh, you know, borderline pedophilia where, you know, when it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when it's a, when it's a young guy sure. sleeping with yep. an older girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. My favorite probably is the, the Thomas and Nicholas character, just because I think he's, uh, the most flawed one. He's the one that is trying to, He's trying to act probably older than what he should by being like so honest with his girlfriend by refusing to say I love you and he you know he but yet he like is really pushing for sex like so he's <laughs> you know there's a there's something to respect about the guy that he's not going to and he even says he's not going to be the person that says something just to like get in his girlfriend's pants uh he wants it to you know he wants it to mean something uh but he's also the one that uh I like when he's called out towards the end for like pushing his friends like berating them for their inability to close the deal and get laid as if they, <laughs> as if they probably don't want to do it enough on their own. Uh, I think he has a sequence during the prom where he, he gets lays into uh, the Jason Biggs character where it's like, well, you got to figure it out. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, what, what is he supposed to do? Like what, 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 what are these guys? Like they're really at the mercy in particular at that time period of the social <laughs> sort of politics of the time, as far as in where they are on the scale of coolness. And, uh, I, I like that because I feel like the other characters, like you said, Jason Biggs probably does the most reprehensible thing. And yet he's pushed as like the everyman to the audience. Uh-huh. Like he's the one that is supposed to be the most well-rounded and likable to all. Um, and really, I think it is the, the Tommy C and Nicholas character, Kevin, who, you know, he has his high points where he really like tries to stick up for, for his friends. And then he's also like a huge asshole to them. There's those, you know, those swings during those years that I really appreciate. Well, I want to go back to Finch in a minute. But oh, what I God. will say about Thomas Ian Nicholas, I didn't get to say say what I thought. Uh, so <laughs> what I will say about Thomas Ian Nicholas's character, it, he's the most bland of, of all of them uh, it, to me. And I'd forgotten, I had forgotten how heavily the film leans on Tara Reed as his girlfriend mm-hmm. and yeah. her conversations with Natasha Leone. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> weirdly enough, I think Natasha Leone and I guess Sean William Scott uh, and Eugene Levy, they're the people giving the best performances, I think, that, that still hold up today. And, yeah, and they're, the all, they're all, yeah, they're all side characters who don't have much screen time. Um, so, but yeah, Thomas Ian Nicholas, I, I think his section of the movie is very bland. And I, I just had wished that they would have defined his character more. He just seems to be the guy who really believes in the bet to me. Uh, and and the only the only real development we've seen see with him is, is him, you know, uh, 
uh, going along, you know, learning how to pleasure his girlfriend. And, and I from, thought from Casey Affleck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you love that. Uh, you know, just you know, <laughs> oh, the Vafario, Casey Affleck. Which it is interesting they were able to get him because he had he had at least been in uh, Goodwill Hunting mm-hmm. at this point, and Ben Affleck was a name. Um, so it is an interesting little cameo, but, but he goes about doing it the wrong ways. I think, uh, yeah, it's sort of identifiable, but it's also kind of sending a way the, the, the whole film feels like a slightly better version than, uh, the, the eighties, uh, revenge of the nerds. Uh, wow. thing and going into this i would have thought that it would have compared favorably to to john hughes movies of the 80s and so that's where the disappointment comes from me and before we, we move forward i want to say my piece on finch so here we go i don't begrudge the movie for having its gross out humor because i mean that was you know that's obviously the deal i think it's less intelligent and less well thought out than the humor in austin powers uh you know we have a similar gag here with Stifler uh, that, ha- you know, with the beer that has a man's semen in it and about to drink it. It sounds really awful when you really describe what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and, <laughs> and yeah, it's less intelligent. It's less well thought out, but I don't begrudge the film for doing that. Cause obviously that's the audience they're going for and everything. Uh, but I will say Finch's section feels so contrived. He, he just starts playing miniature golf. And then all of a sudden people are asking about him and it's very uh, that whole section of the movie doesn't really feel and and the payoff is is totally out of nowhere and like i said it's really uh really odd uh you know to get the the borderline pedophilia that is you know uh portrayed in in an almost champion championing kind of yeah. way he just won um, the super bowl basically yeah uh and yeah, and I know, I guess I feel, I feel very sad about this whole thing. So I'm kind of mixed on the whole movie overall. Like it's still enjoyable, but I think if you're someone who is a really big fan of it when you were younger, you should probably, this is one you should probably just leave to your memories of it uh, from 1999 and not revisit it. Cause, cause it was, I remembered this being so much uh, more enjoyable than it was. I mean, I, th- I think that's fine for this type of movie. Um, you know, the I I didn't apparently ever like the toilet humor, um, but some of the stuff, you know, it should just appeal to the the teenagers uh, here because that's the the life they're they're trying to get at. Like I, I you know, I've had previous conversations. Like uh, I don't know if we were ever on a podcast, but I know you were a big fan of uh, Edge of Seventeen, and one of the mm-hmm. things I really disliked about that movie was I felt like the the target audience were middle aged people <laughs> to like sort of look back on what they sort of wish they could have been in high school. Like, you know, sort of the, the smartest, uh, you know, young lady in the room in that particular film. Um, and here, you know, I, I, I like the sort of foibles of the, the characters, you know, I, I, Kevin, the one that pushes the pact is the one that, you know, is told he could just have sex. He's the only one that has like a relationship the entire time, like a long lasting high school relationship. <laughs> I like that the film has the courage enough to, mm-hmm. to have the girl mm-hmm. break up with him. <laughs> like, I say, like that you know, too. What? I like that. I don't too. think this is going to work out long term. This was good, you know, for high school, but you know, it's time for us, you know, to realize, you know, we're going to, we're going to go off in different paths. And I, I think a lot of films would have saved that for the sequel, which I, 
have a vague memory that they did, but I felt like, uh, you know, you're the American Pie 2 expert, but I feel like, you know, Kevin spends most of the time trying to get back with the girl. But I like that they end it on kind of a downer for him, the guy that's really pushing for this thing to happen. Well, I barely remember it, but I will. Uh, so my pitch, I remember hating it. So my pitch <laughs> for the different direction that they should have gone in for American Pie 2 would have been that they follow Tara Reid and they follow Natasha Lyonne and they follow Allison Hannigan and they have sort of a similar, mm. uh, you know, journey with them that, you know, that, you know, about something. And that, w- that would have been very interesting. Uh, and that probably would have been too courageous for a uh, summer teen comedy franchise uh, at that time. But I imagine but it could have happened it, today. They're good. They're uh, going to gender swap it. If they reboot it today, they almost have to gender swap it. You know, that wouldn't be a bad thing. That wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, that would probably be the only thing I'd be, and you know, I'm not really a huge fan of those in general, but I mean, there's not, there's nothing more to explore with these characters. Uh, <laughs> there were four films <laughs> about them. And so, I've yes, only seen one of them. I've only seen one of the sequels. So that should tell you all you need to know there. <laughs> um, I think that's, that's probably all our listeners need to know about this one too. I don't know if there's more to, to bring up about American Pie. Yeah, I feel I feel really bad. This is the first time this <laughs> is the first time bad. we're revisiting a movie where I really feel like something I remember loving in my childhood is now uh something I kind I'm kind of embarrassed about liking um hmm. in a certain regard. I and, just thought, you know, this is kind of dumb. I was kind of dumb then. It makes sense why I like this. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's in order as it so, should be. Well, so many of the things I liked as a kid have aged so well for me. And it's like, you know, I really, you know. Well, now you're down in the mucky muck with the rest of us, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so give me your, so quiz me, what do we got? Uh, what well, do we got next? I Shit, I should have looked it up. So, okay, this one is, uh, boy, uh, okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound good so far. All right. Uh, screenwriter of right. Scream 3 and Reindeer Games and Transformers. I'm going to say that's no help. What? That is. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I apologize now, dear listeners, that I did not keep up with the, uh, the career path of the man who brought us Reindeer Games. Okay, so this is his first big script, which is why I thought you might might know it. And it does have a lot of his trademarks. And uh, he, he becomes a much worse screenwriter from this point forward. Uh, Arlington Road is the movie with Tim Robbins You can't give me Jeff a clue Bridges. on the actor? What are, what are you doing Well, that would be we too, easy, too easy, too easy, too easy. Tim Robbins and Jeff Bridges. I mean, I don't think that's too easy. It's not like they're Brad Pitt or something. I couldn't think. Okay, the player and the Fisher King, I guess, is your hint. Too late now, anyways. It's too late now. And, you know, you've just crushed the the few listeners we have and the even fewer that, like, that love the trivia segment. (laughs) What is the screenwriter's name, by the way? Is it, like, Kruger or something? Aaron Kruger. Uh, And, yeah, this is sort of his big claim to fame early on in his career mm. and uh, he kind of never uh you know never had the same kind of cleverness uh past this point unfortunately i have not seen this uh since its initial release so this will be uh close close to a first time watch i only say that because uh warning for next uh 
the next episode, uh, what does stick out in my mind is the ending. So I think we're going to have a pretty big, I would say, spoiler section, which Definitely. is odd for a 20-year-old film, but it's kind of hard. You can't really talk around it. So if you've not seen it, uh, you know, maybe check on up for uh, before you listen to the next one because that's that's going to be a big uh, part of our discussion. Yeah, I would recommend the same. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99 from 99.